You're listening to Magrito Podcast Network, celebrating the culture of Chicanos and Latinos one story and voice at a time. Connect on social, on Instagram and Facebook at Magrito. Find all the Magrito Podcast Network shows over at magrito.net. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here together for another episode where we bring you a mayoral candidate for Chula Vista, my hometown, my city that I love. John McCann will be sitting down and joining us today, going over the who, the what, the where, and the why he wants to be our mayor. So stay tuned for that. John McCann. I see your name everywhere. I see you on yard signs. I see you in the news. I see you out giving speeches. I see you at ribbon cutting events. I see you at business inaugurations. It's finally nice to put the face to the name and everything that surrounds you. Thank you for coming in. Oh, my honor. Uh, thank you for inviting me. For sure. So I, I, we were talking earlier. I don't know how um, privy you are to what I have going on here at Emo Brown. At Emo Brown, we're based in Chula Vista. I'm a business owner here in Chula Vista. It's mayor season. So it's up for election. It's a position. Highly sought after position. How many people are currently in the running for the primaries? So me and five others. A total and, of six. Okay. Yeah, a total of six. But also it's very important to people to understand that the city attorney is up for uh, election as well as two seats. Seat one, my seat, and seat two. Um, and all four seats are open seats. So you're going to see a wow. big turnover in who's running the city. For better or for worse. There's a lot of cool things going on in our city. There's a, our mayor that's going to be taking the reins is going to be inheriting. I like to view it as, as, as an up and coming city with a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of opportunity with what's going on on Third Avenue. What's going on on the east side. A lot, there's a lot of building and a lot of opportunities going on there with the Bayfront, with the university. But first, I want to get to know you. Where are you from, John? How did you end up in Chula Vista? Why do you want to be mayor? Why are you a politician? I was telling you earlier, I was like, Jesus Lord, that's, just, that's insane. I could not go through the scrutiny that you guys go through and, and being in politics, especially local small town politics. It seems like it's vicious. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm an elected official, not a politician. I, I <laughs> tell my wife and my wife always teases me that the, that's not true. But, uh, um, you know, I'm from Chula Vista. Chula Vista is my home. And I've grown up here uh, back when there was only 60,000 people in the city. Now we're pushing 300. Jeez. And I've had over 40 years of service to the city of Chula Vista. And I've been the only candidate that has consistently uh, been somebody who's been here for those 40 years. Uh, in the 90s, I went ahead and served on several commissions, uh, the uh, Planning Commission, the Housing Advisory Commission, Beautification Committee, uh, and then from there, I was uh, elected in 2002 to the City Council. I served two terms in the early 2000s. Second term, I'm actually a Navy Reservist and um, got uh, mobilized to fight in the war in Iraq. I was boots on the ground in Mosul, Iraq. Uh, I was the only Navy guy on a Army base up in Mosul. So it's got to be a little crazy. Yeah, so I've got some good stories about uh, what what was up there, me being a, um, 
uh, in the Navy and being on arm, army base, uh, they're great, great people, but there's all these idiosyncrasies between the army and the Navy. And then, um, I, uh, came back, uh, I was on the school board. Uh, I believe we helped turn around, uh, the school board on many issues and then, then was, uh, back, came back lucky in 2014 to be elected back on the city council and I've been deputy mayor four times, uh, selected unanimously by uh, my colleagues and under three different mayors. And what you want to do is, you know, I understand if you're running for city council, you need to be able to understand, okay, how things are going. Normally, you want to have some commission experience to understand what's going on in the city. But also to be mayor, you have to have a good quantity of council experience and there's so many big big things that are happening uh, we've got a billion dollar bayfront project with gaylord happening uh, we have the pacifica project south of the gaylord project uh, 2003 i worked with the environmental community the business community in this these business stakeholders within the city of chula vista to master plan the bayfront project and that is going to incredibly revitalize the west side of the city of Chula Vista. And then obviously the east side has been an incredibly uh, great place uh, for 10 years in a row. East Lake has been the best new home community. Uh, so We're not a space out there. Yeah, it's, uh, but the reality is we still have about 20% of the developable land in the county of San Diego, I always uh, tease everybody because if you go to the south, you uh, hit the border. You go to the east, you hit protected land. You go to the west, you hit the uh, ocean. The ocean. And if you go north, you're going to hit the Marines. And so really one of the only places where there's a lot of developable land is the city of Chula Vista. And again, we're probably not going to be at 300,000 after the next census, but we're going to be close and I believe that we're one of the best and the nicest places to live. And many people just continue to come down and want to live here. And uh, so at some point in time, we'll be over 300,000 people. What brought you into this world of small town politics, Chula Vista City Council? What, what brought you into that? What, what piqued your interest? What is it that you, you, you were drawn to? Well, I've always been somebody who was about community service. And that was always a core goal that my mom had always set. Uh, my mom raised me uh, as a single mom. She worked at the Roar Aircraft Factory mm -hmm. for almost 30 years. I was a latchkey kid and um, I was very fortunate because there were many adults who were very helpful in me growing up. Uh, I grew you know, my first job was essentially a janitor helping, helping out. And then I was a Bus boy and uh, was able to move up uh, from there, go to college and everything. Um, how I got involved was because I had done such community service and was successful at many of these uh, projects that were helping the community that I got recruited to be on a city commission. And then I moved up uh, from the Housing Advisory Commission to the Planning Commission and then got recruited to run for city council. And uh, I, I just really love it because I think there's a lot of opportunity. I believe that Chula Vista many times is the diamond in the rough. Indeed. And we are in 
the direct middle of the economic mega region between San Diego and Tijuana. And there is a lot of opportunity here. Uh, I went to uh, college, uh, was very fortunate to be able to then get my master's degree in economics. Then I went up to uh, Sorrento Valley. I had worked for many high-tech companies up there. And every time the company I worked for would grow, I would always talk to the executives and say, hey, why don't we put a facility down in Chula Vista? And I would actually bring them demographics and show the populations, how many of our employees uh, lived in the South Bay. And many times there were like 30% of our employees uh, lived in Chula Vista in the South Bay. Um, So one of the plans that uh, I've had in place is the Millennia Project, which is we want that to be a mini Silicon Valley uh, where we have an innovation district. And I still talk to people. They'll be up in Poway or they'll be up in the North County. They have a manufacturing firm uh, or do manufacturing south of the border. They'll drive all the way down. They'll spend, spend a couple hours in Tijuana and then drive all the way back. Well, at Millennia, you can be there, have your facility there, take a 10 minutes to get back to your down to uh, Tijuana to, to look at your manufacturing facility and 10 minutes back. There's an incredible opportunity for companies that would like to bring a high-tech company to the Chula Vista because... Like me, when I was younger, I would have, to stop that commute, I would have worked for a lot less money. And so the vision that I have is to be able to attract high-tech companies in that innovation district, in the Millennia area, so people don't can not only live in Chula Vista, but can also work in Chula Vista. The addition is... Before COVID, uh, we had about 80,000 Chula Vistans leave the city to go to work. We were the workforce. We still are. Correct. And and we still many times are considered a bedroom community. The idea of being able to get people to start working in Chula Vista would be just incredible. Uh, How many things does that benefit? It benefits the workers because they spend less time on the road. It benefits the local businesses because they are actually having lunches and um, maybe dinners inside and participating in the economy in Chula Vista. And again, it gives us the ability to bring in additional revenue from the taxes that those businesses bring. We want to be able to do that. Um, So I love Chula Vista. We've, we, we have a great place to live, but we also want good, high-paying, quality jobs in the city of Chula Vista. Being that you have a master's in economics, what is your background? What, what, what is that you, your, your career? Sure. That's a great, great uh, question. I was always, uh, I started as a banker, nice. um, helping local businesses, and I got after I got my uh, bachelor's, and then when I got my uh, master's degree at night, uh, I went ahead and was able to work at the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office. And that was a great, great opportunity because 
I got to see both sides of the spectrum and see how things would get done where you had to be able to reach across the aisle. You had to be civil and work with people to make things get done. And uh, at that time, believe it or not, we did an analysis of the banking insurance fund. Uh, it was a couple years after they had the SNL crisis. I'm dating myself, <laughs> but the XNL crisis when Home Fed and Imperial Savings, all these SNL uh, uh, banks had failed, and the government was very concerned about it happening again with the larger banks, the actual commercial banks. Obviously, uh, this was much before 2008 and what happened there. Uh, but at that time, the FDIC and the insurance fund to protect uh, depositors insurance uh, was very stable at that time when we did the analysis. And then when I had a master's degree, I went ahead and started looking for a job. And I had always been a techno geek. And uh, so... I was able to get picked up by a company, uh, Pixis, uh, in Sorrento Valley in 1995. We're one of the fastest growing companies in the United States. Uh, was one of the first, uh, I think, 200 employees. We were able to really grow and did some pretty innovative medical technology stuff. And uh, just very proud of that and had worked for other different high-tech companies, including a company called WebSense which was just an excellent company too. And uh, now I work for a medical um, company and uh, we do the, what's called the electronic health record. Before you'd go to the doctor and you'd be writing a chart or the doctor would be writing a chart. Now it's all online. Uh, so we were able to consolidate that and push that uh, not only online, but encrypted and password protected online so people can get their information just, you know, at home on the internet. Uh, so I enjoy that feature a lot, actually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the technology is, is, is um, just amazing. And that's one of the things I want to do as the mayor is the permitting process for not only businesses, but also if you're going to do an improvement at your house, you're going to put a deck or you're going to do some type of wall. We want that to be seamless. Uh, and before what was happening is people would have to take their paperwork, go down to the city, fill out the application. If there was a change, they'd have to go back down physically to the city. John, it's a guessing game. Yes. I, and I speak from experience. It's you go in, you figure out what you need initially. You come back, you take care of it. You go back. It's like, oh, no, you're also going to need this in addition to that. Oh, and while you're here, make sure you take care of that. But they're not in today. They're going to be closed and they're not going to be around for another six weeks. We're like, oh. I get that. And I've been, who did I speak to about Scott Donaghy? I've, I know he, he, he frequents third Avenue a lot. And I'm like, Hey bud, how can we streamline something? How can we create like a, 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 a failure proof, uh, little package for, for first time business owners, like a business 101 pack that we can sit down and just fill it out and be like, all right, this is the business I'm opening. These are the, this is what I need to do. Boop, boop, here's the package you need. That would have been ideal. So you're telling me you can bring that to fruition. Yeah. And that's yeah. exactly what we're doing. And Scott is, I went to high school with Scott. Um, oh, wait, this, you went to Bonita? Yes. All right, yeah. all right. I went to Bonita. I graduated in 1997. Yeah, I graduated in 86. Nice. And believe it or not, I grew up off of Orange Avenue, and they bust us out to Bonita because they didn't That's have That's a drive. Kids. 
That is yes. a drive. See, so I remember when driving on Telegraph Canyon Road was reminiscent of like a Ben and Jerry's carton of ice cream where it was just rolling hills and cows hanging out all over off of Telegraph Canyon Road. Being that you've been here so long and from Benita, what have you seen as a big change here in Chula Vista? Well, when I grew up in Chula Vista, it was pretty much the West side. Mm. The West side was the city. And there was a, the Southwestern College was out east, the College of States and Otai Lakes. But again, to go out fishing, it was like a whole day trip to, to drive out to Otai Lakes and fish and then drive all the way back. And it seemed like it took forever. We've seen not only the west side that needs to be revitalized and how we can improve the infrastructure, but we've also seen a new, very nice, and I believe in most senses, well-planned east side. Uh, I still remember the first day that 8th Street went from 805 to Southwestern College and Benita Vista High School. My sister and I were in the cars that drove up there and it was only a two lane road. Now it's a six lane road. That's crazy. Yeah. I remember getting to the end of H street and it turned into Proctor Valley and that was it. There was nothing else out there. Now you've got East Lake greens. You got uh, Sedona, you've got the woods, you've got everything out there. Our city is ever growing. Like you said, you, you, you remember when it was 60,000 as our population, we're knocking the door on 300,000. Now, if may, when you're mayor, what are you looking forward to most to tackle? First, there's a lot of things for every positive. There's, there's equal negatives that our city has and, and, and situations that we have to overcome. What are you most excited to tackle on that first day that you're in office? Sure. The, the first thing is, is this is all about common sense. Uh, too many times you're seeing the city get involved in state issues or federal issues or things that really don't matter uh, at the city level. I believe that the city of Chula Vista needs to get back to common sense. We need to fill potholes, take care of our infrastructure, help our small businesses, support our police and fire. And I'm endorsed by the Chula Vista um, Police Officers Association just because of that. When I was mobilized to fight in Iraq, I left the city. I was a council member at the time, and we had built the built up the number of officers from under 200 to 261. When I left, we had 261 police officers. When I got back on the council in 2014, we were under 200 officers. And when you think about that, during that time, when I was in Iraq and not off the council, the city continued to grow. So not only was the city growing, but the number of officers was actually decreasing. We need to have somebody who's going to have a firm commitment uh, and that I believe that I'm the one that will to do that. And that's why the Chula Vista police officers have endorsed me is to make sure that we continue to keep our police officers and our firefighters a priority and want to make sure that we put a, a substation in the eastern side of the city. I want to make sure that we, we do the basics of keeping good, good officers, quality officers. Uh, I was a uh, help lead efforts to get our police officers, the body worn cameras. And that's a great thing because that helps protect our citizens. So if there's something that goes wrong, 
we can see what actually happened. And it also the police officer. Yeah. It also helps the officers because it's a two way street. If you're videotaping it and uh, again, our officers do such a great job. I mean, they have like a 90% uh, positive rate. I don't know any other state city in the state entire state uh, that actually have that positive of a rate uh, and again, was there helped appoint uh, Chief Kennedy uh, as the new police chief, uh, the first female uh, police chief in Chula Vista history. And they've done such a great job of being proactive and making sure that they have great training. They exceed the state standards of what training that happens. Uh, they are very community oriented and we want to make sure that when somebody has an issue, uh, that they are helped in a very, very quick manner in a professional manner. Little shout out to our local Lieutenant David Oyos. Yes. Thank you for facilitating us getting together yes. and making this happen. You're a busy guy, I'm assuming. It's, you're, we're getting close to primaries. What, uh, as, as a city council member, one, I want to know exactly what the day in and day out of a city council member entails. And what is it like leading up to primaries in the election and, and, and drumming up your name and interest and, and awareness on what you're doing and, 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 and what you want to accomplish as mayor? Sure. I, I, I think the big thing is, is you need to be able to talk about what you want to do. Again, want to get back to common sense. Uh, want to make sure that we're supporting our police and fire. Uh, want to make sure that we're supporting our small businesses and want to make sure that we're filling our potholes and taking care of our infrastructure. Th- those are basic things that we should be doing at the city. And those are things that I have consistently done uh, in the 40 plus years that I've been a somebody who's been a volunteer in the city of Chula Vista and uh, for the almost two decades, I've been a council member. And the thing also is like, as we sit here in Three Punk Ales, one of the things that I was very fortunate to do was called the Urban Core Specific Plan. And we were able to pass that in the early 2000s, which would allow the Urban Core to be able to attract businesses here to be able to get some quality housing. So those people that live there would actually be able to come down and get a nice dinner and then have a nice beer after work at Three Punk Ales and also protect the single family neighborhoods around us. And your your store here, and you see it up and down Third Avenue, those are the results of the uh, passing the Urban Core Specific Plan. And so there's a lot of success that we've done. I think we still have a lot more success to do, but we, I think as mayor, pushing so many things online to be a smart city are one key way that we can make it easier and more business friendly for people to do business in the city of Chula Vista. Chula Vista is a crazy place. We go one year from being voted most boring town in America to cutting edge businesses here on third Avenue. I'm, I'm fortunate enough. I live three blocks from here. I live three blocks from here right next to the brewery. So I'm able to walk to the brewery and take care of business and do this, the podcast and handle these interviews and get to meet a lot of awesome people like yourself and, and your colleagues and city government. 
I'm just excited. I'm very, I'm a, I'm a proud Chula Vista person. You know, I went to Bonita Vista High School and now I live on the West side. When wifey and myself got married, we, we lived in East Lake and we subsequently decided to start our family and move back over here to the West side. So I've never really left, you know, Chula Vista. There's a big discrepancy between East and West. As a mayor, what can you do to bridge that gap? I often, and by that, I mean, I often hear about um, funds being allocated strictly to the East side of Chula Vista and not too much attention being paid to the West side of Chula Vista. I'm a little biased saying that we do get a lot of attention because I have a business here on the West side. So I, I see exactly what city government can do for a, a small business owner, but how can we get rid of that view and bridge the gap between East and West? I, I totally agree. Again, I grew up on the older part of the community and then now I live in the newer part of the community. I love Chula Vista and I've lived everywhere on both sides. So what we need to do is to revitalize the West Side, I think is going to be one of the key challenges. And I think we've done a good job on Third Avenue, uh, just like your your um, brewery here. But there are other, other positive restaurants and breweries here. So you see it starting to happen. But the big, big point that we're going to be able to make a huge impact is to bring the Gaylord Hotel and Resort here. And once we do that, that's going to bring thousands of new jobs. It's going to be able to give Chula Vista a place where people will think as a destination, not just for Chula Vistans, but regional wide. And you think about it right now. Um, 20 years ago, you thought, okay, if I'm going to, you know, if I was going to a prom or my kids are going to a prom, where would you go? Well, you'd go down to Mission Valley or you'd go to La Jolla, but you wouldn't think about Chula Vista. Yeah. I think if we do a people's bayfront, that's going to allow people to have walking trails, that's going to actually have a hotel that's a five-star hotel, that's going to have a convention center you're now going to be able to have a prom. You're going to have the Chamber of Commerce installation dinner. You're going to be able to have a family reunion. You're going to be able to have a wedding all on the Bayfront in Chula Vista. And that's something that we need to do. It's not just about bringing the economics up, but it's about bringing facilities and amenities that people deserve in Chula Vista. Uh, I'm going to just take a little bit of a interesting fact is when I got back on the council in 2014, the city did a survey in the entire county and people obviously in Chula Vista love Chula Vista. But when you looked in North County and you would ask people what they thought of Chula Vista, here it comes. The majority of the residents in North County had a negative impression yeah. of Chula Vista. And then the more interesting thing was when you would then look in out of those people who didn't have a good impression, over half of them had never, never been, even been here, never even been to Chula Vista. So what we want to do, and, and when I used to work up in Sereno Valley, I would invite people come down and everything and they go, where do you live? And they go Chula Vista and they'd sort of go, mm. that's Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> and I would finally get them to come down and they would go, 
wow, this is like really nice. It's nicer than my neighborhood, you know, type of thing. So ultimately what would happen is people didn't, they had a bad perception, negative perception, because they had never been to Chula Vista. And I think creating a world-class Bayfront, people's Bayfront project will change the entire image. And when you look at Chula Vista, it's one of the only cities in the entire world when you go away from the water, the housing prices go up. Usually, the closer you get to the water, your housing prices go up. And I think you're going to see, once we break, break ground on the Bayfront, that you're going to see a lot of people who are going to start reinvesting. Migrating in, to the west, to the in, Bayside. In Chula Vista. And with that, it's going to be a lot of revenue for us to be able to improve parks and infrastructure for our citizens. That Bayfront project has been in the talks for over a decade. What are some of the obstacles that present themselves as not making this a reality and just kind of keeps it being a project? So I'm going to say it's actually been a project for over 60 years. Oh, man. I used to uh, go visit my mom at uh, my mom's house, and uh, the old neighbor there would always come over and just tease me and say, hey, John, how's that Bayfront project going? And I go, (laughs) hey, we're almost there. We're doing well. And then he would tease me because they've been talking about Bayfront projects even before I was born. And now it's finally to get a mayor, which I believe since I was helped master plan the Bayfront because I've been on the planning commission, because I've been a small business owner for over 30 years, because I know about the permitting process, know the people uh, who we need to deal with. And because I've had that experience that we need to get it over the goal line and we just need to punch it over the goal line. And once that happens, it's going to be incredible. And I'll give you another example. When uh, the, the city's now about half and half population, about half of the populations on the West, half the populations on the East. And we had no hotels East of the, 805. Okay. And so you're sitting there going, we have over a hundred thousand people, but we don't have a hotel. And every time I would talk to hoteliers, they would say, well, it's not a proven market. You know, if we go out there and we open it, you know, it could be my job. So we were finally able to work with Baldwin's and Sons, be able to get a Marriott residence in and once we got the Marriott's residence in there, it was one of the top grossing hotels and had the highest occupancy rate of any of the Marriott hotels on the west of the Mississippi. So it was incredibly successful. And so once we had that, we were able to open the Ayers Hotel, the Hampton Inn. Uh, and you really just need to have something be the instigator uh, to to get the ball rolling. And that's what I was very successful at doing. We were able to get the one hotel. Then we now have five hotels. Uh, we believe we're going to have even a couple more. And those are great opportunities because now, you know, you don't have to have Uncle Ernie, you know, go down to downtown San Diego or to Mission Valley to stay. 
they can actually stay in Chula Vista and they can be closer to your relatives. And the TOT tax is very, very beneficial to the city and its bottom line. I think that's a common theme when, when you mentioned people are hesitant to invest in Chula Vista, whether it's hoteliers, whether it's small businesses, we encountered the same obstacles opening up here. It's like, oh, the demographic down in Chula Vista doesn't drink craft beer. Mexicans don't drink craft beer. Uh, black people don't drink. Filipinos, minorities. It seems like these seem to be the common obstacles, a common theme that, that comes up with Chula Vista. It's like we're often viewed, we're a sleeping giant. I mean, let's be real. We are the second largest city in the county of San Diego. We have almost 300,000 people. We range from the ocean to the mountain fronts based on our logo for the city of Chula Vista. I think we're often underestimated on what we can do. And just maybe in the last five, 10 years, we're realizing what we're capable of doing, which is why I feel there's so much importance and so much onus being put on this mayoral term more than others. That and people I see, I, I think people are more involved in politics now more than they ever have, myself included. You know, I, and just strictly from an outside perspective watching, I'm a, I'm a father of three. I'm married. I'm a small business owner. You know, I, I don't want to be involved in politics, but I want to know what's going on because I feel some local government is more important than the big picture. Like you said, you got to keep common sense. We got to focus on the potholes. We got to focus on infrastructure that's more local and pertains strictly to Chilvis. I completely agree. There's a lot of things that we need to worry about here locally. And I feel like your role you know, as a city council member, your potential role as a Chula Vista mayor to me is more important than who is running our country. Cause I see these, the decisions that you potentially make or currently make as city council member impact business and impact family. Why should we vote for you as opposed to anybody else that's currently running? Sure. And that's a really great point. Why I love small government and local government is that we take care of the roads you drive on. We have your, we do the fire and police that if there's an emergency, we'll be there. Uh, we maintain your parks and grow parks. So that's one why local government is so, so vitally important. And why I'm the best candidate is, again, I believe I'm the most qualified. I've been a council member for four terms. Nobody has that experience. I've been deputy mayor for four times under three uh, different mayors and run several, several meetings uh, when the mayor's not there. Uh, so I have that experience. I've been a successful business owner for over 30 years. I started with nothing. I was just a poor kid uh, in a single family with my mom working at the Roar Aircraft Factory. And I was able to slowly and credibly build a, a quality business and I've been and seen the good times and the bad times. And you need somebody who's not only going to be able to manage the good times, but you're going to need somebody to manage the bad, bad times as well. I believe that, again, getting back to common sense of somebody who can actually Support our police and fire. Again, I'm endorsed by the Chula Vista Police Officers Association. That's a big I've, feather in the cap right there. Yeah, it is. Uh, somebody who's actually been a business owner, uh, somebody who's actually been elected four times, somebody who's been there to make those very, very 
controversial votes where, again, I've made those votes. And maybe at the time people didn't think they were good votes, but in the end they were. And we have to look at the city long-term. And again, I've, Chula Vista is my home. I've grown up here. I'm raising my, or raised my kids here. I'm going to raise my grandson here. I'm not leaving. I'm not going to go somewhere else and run for office or looking to just go away. I have been consistently a member and a supporter of and active in the city and the local Chula Vista uh, for over 40 years. And I've, I've been there in the good times and bad times, and I'm willing to work hard and work harder than anybody can imagine to make this city even better than it is. We live in a great city, and I think we're just going to be even better. And when you look at different things, Chula Vista is becoming even more strong on the regional level. Um, things like I am uh, oppose the mileage tax, I oppose the gas tax, I oppose a new sales tax. And when you look at the mileage tax, if the representative from Chula Vista had voted no, that would have been enough to had stopped it at the Sandag level. So it's not just local um, things that will be I'll be able to move forward, but you'll be able to have better representation at the Sandag and make sure that those transnet dollars are allocated in an appropriate way to benefit the city of Chula Vista. Another key example is how many cities in the San Diego County have a toll road? There's only one. Just one. And we have the 125. I work very, very diligently um, to be able to refinance. Uh, Sandag had bonds that were at 15% interest. You know, you can get a mortgage for three or three four percent. Three or four, yep. <laughs> and uh, we were able to successfully refinance those. Uh, then we were able to to re- decrease the rates. So not only did we decrease the rates, but that then allowed more people to dri- drive on the road. So we should be able to get better people to get off our local streets, get on the 125, and I have a real plan that will be able to pay off the 125 and get it done in a timely manner so we now have a freeway. We have an Emu Brown Social Club member crew, little club that is associated with everything we do. I mentioned to you earlier that we have a foundation um, that we like to give back to here locally, rather, you know, students in Chula Vista that, that have the talent to get take it to the next level, but don't always have the financial means to make it happen. So that's where we step in. And it's funded by our social club member. And our social club member, I give them an opportunity to throw out some questions. Yeah. Throw out some questions and and, and see where they're, where they're at with these questions. So I have one coming your way. Oscar asks, you grew up at the single mother. What is your position on seeing the working class in Chula Vista receive more union presence in the workplace? for first-generation immigrant families so that single parents have a fighting chance in this inflating economy? That's a great, great question. Um, Again, my mom was working class. She worked at the War Aircraft Factory. I grew up working class also myself. And what we need to do is be able to bring good quality jobs to the city of Chula Vista. And 
When you look at the Bayfront, I think that's going to be a great opportunity. But also, we want to make sure that we have a diversification of what types of jobs we have. So it isn't just the leisure and travel uh, for the Bayfront, but we have the Silicon Valley, mini Silicon Valley, the Innovation District on the east that I helped approve, and Millennia Project, and be able to bring jobs there so that, again, it isn't what I've always wanted to do is Chula Vista should be a city that we have people all the way from the mailroom to the boardroom. When I grew up in Chula Vista, when my friend's parents would start getting a little more wealthy, they would move out to Benita or they <laughs> would move up to uh, San Diego or La Jolla. I want somebody who, as they go through their stages and their chapters of their life, to be able to live in Chula Vista in a quality way to be able to not only have a great life and raise a family, but to have affordable housing too. Uh, there was a very controversial vote the other day. It was a Sunbro project. They wanted to uh, take a commercial area that was not planning on being developed for maybe 50 years and even if it was, it would have been more storage space. You know, we need actual jobs. But the key thing was we were able to get $10 million for the innovation district and the university. We got about another $10 million to improve our parks. But the key thing that really sold me on the project was none of the housing was going to be rental it was all going to be for sale and it was going to be over 172 units where it would be price points in the 300,000s. So a normal, regular working class family could actually go and purchase a property, a home, and then as they grew, then they would be able to sell it and get a better home. So we need more opportunities for people not only to have good housing here, but also to have affordable ownership. Uh, and I'm endorsed by the Pacific Southwest Realtors uh, because, again, I've been such an advocate for home ownership. Much needed in Chula Vista. I agree with you. I, I want to stay here. I have friends that want to stay here as well, but they they just can't. It's difficult. I, they feel that uh, Chula Vista has priced them out of being residents. Correct. It's a tricky dance. You know, with, with growth comes, comes expense. Next question I have here, talk to us about homelessness and is there a way out? Is there a solution? So homelessness is a very, very challenging um, issue. And I remember when I was growing up, I only knew of one homeless person and, uh, Apologize. I hope I'm not offending anybody with this, but they used to call him the Benita Vum. Mm. And everybody sort of knew the family. He would walk around and uh, be out for maybe a month or two, and we'd see his hair grow long and his beard grow, grow um, long. And then he would get picked up by his family, get cleaned up, and then we'd feel good because then the next time we'd see him, he'd be all cleaned up, and we'd go, okay, his family took care of him. But that was really the only issues we ever saw about homeless. Now you get to today 
homeless is a major issue. Uh, you're seeing homeless all throughout the city, all throughout the county, all throughout the state. One of the great things that I've been able to implement in 2016 is called the HOT team. That's the Homeless Outreach Team. And what that does is it combines a, our police department with the non-private sector, nonprofit sector. And one of the things I know there's a whole bunch of hybrids where people want to say, oh, we should hire all these um, social workers and everything. Well, they would be very, very expensive. Plus, they may not necessarily be as good of affecting homeless as possible. Uh, the people that come to uh, Chula Vista and are part of the nonprofits organizations, I think are incredibly effective. So we have our hot team go out. They engage these homeless individuals with a police officer. The police officer stands in the back. He's there for their protection. And again, if the homeless are doing something illegal, uh, they need to be held accountable. But with the hot team, if they want to get help, they will be able to get help. And a great, great story is there was a individual, Myrna. Uh, she, if you know the East Lake Vons, she would sleep on the bus stop there. And I would constantly get people contact me concerned about it. The hot, the hot team would engage her for several months. Finally, after engaging her, she finally got some help. And we got her off the streets and got her into a long-term facilities. And so homelessness is very, very challenging because you have all the way from people who are down on the luck. Mental who, health who, issues. Who need help. You have people who are um, uh, mental health issues. You have people who are dependent upon drugs or alcohol. And we literally have individuals who that's the way they want to live their life. They don't want to follow the rules. They just want to go out and live in a park. And, you know, this is a free country. Um, so it's one of those challenging issues where one size does not fit all. And Correct. I think the hot team has done a substantial positive to be able to take care of the homeless. I know that, again, we need to be able to tackle homeless in two main ways. One is, is if somebody is doing something wrong, we need to enforce that. I know that, and again, I apologize uh, if anybody's under 18 here, but there's people who do public urination or do exposure and things like that. If they do that, they need to be held accountable. Uh, but also if they are searching for help or they need help, we want to be able to give them help and get them into a process where they, they'll be better. Such a tough task that you can't just paint with a broad stroke. It seems like there's going to be multiple answers to this, this question. I mean, it's just, just all hands on tech almost even, and it's going to require everybody kind of chipping in and figuring out a way to do it. I know we touched on this a little bit earlier. Justin asks, does, does John have a plan for strengthening the community connection between East and West? So that's a, a great, great um, point. Uh, again, I grew up on the older communities, and now I live in the newer communities. I understand both sides, and I believe the west side, there 
when I was growing up, there should have been a much, much more funding for our infrastructure and attention on us. I know on the east side, they pay a lot in Melrose and special special assessment uh, taxes. Actually, one of the key points that I did was several years ago on the city council, I led the effort to refinance a lot of the community facilities bonds because they had been, you know, eight, 10% 10% interest, we were able to take uh, advantage of the low interest rates and saved homeowners and communities millions of dollars uh, to decrease their their um, property taxes. How we would put things together is, is we need to be able to, one, do the Bayfront. We need to have areas where people will want to go from anywhere in the city and say, you know what, I'm going to go for a dinner or a lunch out of the Bayfront, strengthening the city of uh, our downtown Third Avenue. I think we've already seen that happening, where many people on the east side say, hey, I'm going to go for a drink. I'm going to go down to one of the breweries downtown. Those quality items and venues help attract people. And then when people understand, oh, the west side, it's, it's great. Uh, and same with the east side, with us being able to strengthen the elite training center, to be able to strengthen some of the businesses there. We're going to have that cross-pollinization, and the Otay Ranch Town Center is a great, great opportunity. Uh, one of the former mayors used to call me Trader John because I actually helped bring the first Trader Joe's. Uh, to Chula Vista, I also was able to bring the first In-N-Out Burger. Very nice uh, to Chula Vista. Sold. <laughs> um, yeah, and they're all. You know, we're also working on another In-N-Out um, uh, down off of Main Street. Uh, we're looking at another Chick-fil-A in the Chula Vista Shopping Center. So just bringing quality businesses, restaurants, and venues that will attract and cross-pollinate. Uh, with the city because I, I love the city and um, it, it, it is my home. And just knowing people on the West and the East, we all have that same commonality of wanting to have a quality, good neighborhood and to be able to grow our family and to enjoy our quality of life. Probably the most important question you'll get asked today. Sure. And we'll end it on the social club with this question your go-to taco shop in Chula Vista. You've been here all your life, John. A lot of votes going to hinge on this answer, my friend. Who's your go-to taco shop? Well, this was one thing I was just incredibly excited about because the only time I would ever be able to get um, a taco from this place was to go down to Tijuana. Uh-huh. Uh, so Tacos El Gordo. Out of you. Heck yeah. <laughs> I mean, you I'm going to have to go get some lunch right now. Yeah, I was going to say, that <laughs> just saying that makes me hungry. Uh, you know, it, it, it's great that we were able to bring them up here. And uh, I think they have been very, very successful in Chula Vista. And that's the great thing about Chula Vista. I think you talked before about what is Chula Vista. I remember when I grew up in Chula Vista, we were a diverse community before there was this term diversity and uh, we all came from different places and different ethnic backgrounds, 
but we all worked together. We were all friends and we all loved our own home community, Chula Vista. Time for the 15 second elevator speech, my man. This is it, your platform to let everybody listening know who you are and why you want to be our mayor. Please vote for John McCann. Go to my website at johnmccann.com. That's J-O-H-N-M-C-C-A-N-N.com. I've been the only member who's a council member for four times, four times as deputy mayor. I've been the only one who's been a successful businessman for over 30 years. And I've been 22 years in the Navy as a reservist and active duty in Iraq war veteran and so I understand our military community, and I love Chula Vista, and nobody has the proven track record uh, that I have, and I respectfully ask for your vote on June 7th and then again in November. Highly decorated pass, man. That's awesome. That's awesome to finally get to sit down and, and get to know you. I look forward to seeing you more around here on the west side of Chula Vista. Good luck. It's going to be a busy stretch from here to June, right? Yes, it is. But I, I, you know, it's interesting because I talked to some of my fellow candidates and they seem to be like, oh, I don't like this. But this, this is what I love doing. This is fun for I, you. I can see. I, I, can see. <laughs> I love engaging people and I'm a problem solver and I love it when I can find somebody that has a challenge and we can, we can find a solution and then they're excited and I'm excited and it's a win-win. Thank you for taking time to sit down and, and, and talk to me. And, and giving me the opportunity to get to know you. Thank you. It's I appreciate an honor it, man. And, uh, you know, thank for an opportunity to, to speak to your listeners. And again, any listener, go to johnmccann.com and I'd love to have you read up. And if you need to contact me, I'm very available. There it is. John McCann, pay attention, everybody. It's coming soon. 